0: everyone welcome to episode six of the disaster dads this is the one you've all been waiting for this is space weather that's right we are finally going to be starting to talk about our space weather um it has been a it has been an issue of concern i know for everyone as we've started this podcast to you know you know what is going on in outer space what is happening not with just our planet not just with our neighborhood but our universe and so because uh, disaster dad Dan wanted us to really focus on this. Um, you know, we, we saved it till we got the episodes going and we really got our stride on. And so we decided to start in with some space weather. So um, yeah so, uh,
1: th- Thank you for that, Eric. And as, as the dads can all see over Skype, I' prepared very well for this episode. Uh, I've wrapped my old helmet in aluminum foil to prevent the space weather from preventing, from polluting my thoughts <laughs> during the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, keep, carry on.
0: He's going to, okay. it's going to be a very pure podcast from Dan today.
1: As, so we well, were all trained. Personal protective equipment is
0: fundamental. Is, it is key. So, so, uh, for those listening, if the tinfoil works and Dan's calm, we're going to make him do this all the time. And his wife and his oh, kids wow. will appreciate it. So, uh, so we'll get that all taken care of. But as you can hear with me in the room today, I do have Dan. I've also got Rob, Joe and Frank. So we have a full complement of disaster dads, but This is a bonus today. We have even more. Uh, We have our first alum from Georgetown joining us today. We have uh, two of my classmates from the Georgetown Program in Emergency Disaster Management. So they know the importance of space weather and wanted to come on and help share their thoughts. And so we have Denny, who is an emergency operations manager for a nuclear power plant. And then we have Jason, who is a meteorologist. And so since it's space weather we had to have a meteorologist meteorologist on as well and I get, that's probably the last time I'm gonna to have to say that Jason because I can't say meteorologist too many times in a row um, so we really right. we're really excited to have them join us today and to you know give us their insights and share with us uh, you know different aspects of uh, you know the space weather phenomenon I guess is what it's called space weather thing do
2: do, 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 do
0: yeah exactly it's it's there it hasn't really hit us yet but we'll get into that as the episode gets going on so um i do want to start with a little we always do a little news item and so want to get into this uh picture 1859 and you see the aurora borealis down in the caribbean that's pretty crazy isn't it that was news back then and that was one of the best documented um instances of space weather that we have it was the carrington event um am i saying that right yep yeah so it was the carrington event and so this was you know pre-technology and all that kind of stuff but someone saw the aurora borealis down in the caribbean which if you if this doesn't sound like it should be strange to you it's a little strange to be able to see it that far down um and so you know it's uh it's kind of a crazy thing. So I just wanted to share that with news. That was like the first documented thing of space weather. That's what got me into this, just seeing all of that. Um, and so I sent and I got the, the dads prepared with a whole bunch of information on space weather so that we could have deep in-depth conversations. So I'm very curious as to what they have to say. But, um, again, I sent so I have Denny and Jason on as well. I just wanted to turn it over to them real quick to, you know, thank them again for joining us and, To give their quick snippet of space weather and then we'll open it up to everyone to start attacking each other because again another virtual episode because uh, we have guests and um, disaster dad eric hasn't figured out how to do a live and skype (laughs) skype event yet so yes paul i will figure the technology out at some point so i appreciate that (laughs) but we really uh,
3: need to figure that one out yeah
0: i got to figure that part out it makes it easier but so uh (laughs) denny thanks again for joining us jason so denny do you have anything you want to talk about space weather
2: um yeah so <laughs> the i guess the
0: basics
2: i'm
1: all
0: about
2: space weather. i, I yeah.
1: just want to go on record that i am offended that we did not in the news section talk about the guy on lsd who rescued the dog from the non-existent fire sorry denny go on <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think i missed that
3: one no best news story <laughs> of the weekend. You guys just Google search that one. Guy's high on LSD, rescues the dog from the non existent. Breaks
1: down his neighbor's door, rescues the dog, (laughs) doesn't understand why none of the neighbors are freaking out. He's high on LSD.
4: I missed that one. We we were saving that for our next episode. He needs your helmet. Dan sent the link out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he (laughs) needs your helmet, Dan.
4: More people do,
1: apparently, with this space weather threat coming in. I want to hear what Danny has to
5: say.
2: uh, uh all um not to be the uh, wet blanket in the room but um space weather is kind of it's it's neat but it's also not something that's going to be directly directly impacting no pun intended to us on an everyday basis um that, <laughs> uh, right now we're at the end of one of the solar cycles solar cycles are 11 years long they they Last one started in January of 2008. What that actually means is that the sun the sun is swapping magnetic poles, so its north and south poles are actually swapping from one end to the other. Um, while this solar cycle is happening, you get about 200 days of strong geomagnetic magnetic storms. Uh, four of them end up being extreme. We've had about two during this cycle that have been major major evolutions. Um, The sunspot counts are actually slowing down now, which is beautiful because now we can kind of go into a little bit more relaxed time frame. Um, Is that something, Denny, that, you know, within
0: the energy and the power industry, you guys like track? Do you have like people who specialize like in just watching space weather, keeping up with those reports? Is that is it like one guy or is it kind of spread out between everyone to kind of look at and think about?
2: We actually get the um, Space Weather Prediction Center that's in Boulder, Colorado, that's staffed with a whole bunch of Jasons, um, actually <laughs> um, will send out information to our uh, regional balancing authorities, our independent system operators, the guys that handle the distribution grids, the transmission grid, if you will, and um, Those folks will then call the generators, each one of the individual control rooms where I would sit and tell us that there's a space weather event happening. So there's really one group that then is in charge of disseminating the information out. We don't don't keep track of it other than pulling up the website at the beginning of each shift saying, what's the space weather going to look like today? And then kind of hope that we have a good grasp on what's going on.
0: Do they have enough – is the technology far enough ahead where they can give you a day's notice? Or is it just kind of this is a snapshot, this is our prediction for the next 45 minutes? Because Dan took his helmet off, so I want to know how soon is he going to be impacted by some sort of space weather event?
2: Well, um we can probably pull that up right now, but I didn't actually take a look beforehand. <laughs> no, no, I've. Um, it's like so. Is it something that it, changes? All oh, like? of
1: this amateur on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we um, we actually get about anywhere from about nineteen hours to four days notice, depending on Jeez. how big the um, how big the solar flare is that's actually coming at us. Um, the bigger that ones that. Toddler. Right, so the bigger ones that are actually farther away from the sun, whenever they break off. Um, can be can move at an extremely fast rate of speed and then hit us within 19 hours. The ones that are closer to the sun that come at us, um, that distance is much further, so they'll end up taking a little bit longer, a little bit slower to get here. So they'll be about you know anywhere two to three four days long. So we'll have a two day notice where we'll be sitting in a in a watch waiting for the impact. Um, <clears throat> by the time the first we'll we'll get a we'll get a hit. Usually within a very short time frame on the HF, the high frequency uh, communication systems, those will go down pretty much immediately whenever we have a major solar flare. Um, so that's a good leading indicator of saying, all right, something's, something's happening and we need to prepare for them, you know, within the next couple of days to be able to to monitor and take evasive actions if needed.
0: Now, I know, and this will kind of be get for. Shield, get the shields up. Yeah.
2: Do uh, <laughs> you yeah. You know what? We'll actually start taking taking power off of the grid, and we'll start we'll start removing heavy loads, machines. You know, companies that are. Um, uh, will the way that we set things up is to be able to control the control the voltage and frequency on the grid? Is uh, people will accept having their power cut to get a cheaper rate? So with those people, <laughs> we'll actually start we'll we'll cut their power. To be able to take enough load off of the grid, to be able to run the run the um, transmission grid at a lower at a farther away from their temperature and current limits. So whenever the whenever the event actually does hit us, that we'll have enough room to not overheat the wires.
0: So space weather could kind of provide essentially as those of us in the DC area see as a snow day. So a good space weather event is kind of you know hey let's not go to work because. It'll be safer that way, right?
2: It, in a way. I mean, yeah. if you're a <laughs> – I don't exactly see you guys sitting in major manufacturing facilities making steel beams or anything like that. You like, don't know what we do when we're not What are you doing... <laughs> that
1: was there, Denny? Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you don't know what we have going on. We're not doing podcasts. Come on now. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to point out that according to the
3: Space Weather Prediction Center – a G1 minor magnetic storm watch has been upgraded to a G2 moderate watch. Whoa, whoa! Breaking those
1: news so on
0: the Disaster Dad's podcast. Breaking people. news!
3: Yeah.
1: I wish the listeners could see how excited Joe's face was right <laughs>
0: now. Uh, that helmet is not looking too out of out of place right now, Dan.
1: I'm keeping it right next to me. Don't worry. Yeah. Ready to go at a moment's
3: notice. As soon as the alarm sounds, the helmet yeah. goes on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So in in some of
0: my research, I saw that there's, and we can talk about it a little bit later, but the the 89 Quebec, there was a a burst that kind of hit that area and was kind of a a wake up call to a lot of industries that space weather is kind of real and we really need to get on this. So that was 89, which seems kind of late in the game because there's a lot of technology around then. But, and so I'm going to ask Jason this question though, but how much did you actually study space weather in, um, you know, meteorological uh, uh, weather school? Please say none.
6: <laughs> You're right. We didn't really didn't touch on space weather at all. The only time um, when I was military, we did we did space weather at one of my assignments uh, every day, but that was the only that's probably the last time I really messed with much with space weather.
0: Was it was it for communication aspects so that you could understand yes. if you were going to lose comms?
6: Yeah, HF. Yeah. For it's crazy. Basically, basically uh, aircraft going to and fro and having good comms.
0: So. Do you think it's part of the educational aspects now, or you don't think, and this is just my thinking, it's really cool and everyone should talk about it aspects, that it should be taught everywhere? Um, well, I
6: mean, I'll bet, I'll bet the military is talking about it all the time. Yeah. But just with comms, HF, and that type of stuff. Uh,
0: Joe, within your you know your industry, do you guys talk about space weather, like backup plans? Do you have planning events for your large number of people that you have
3: you know it's funny we uh a couple years ago we actually did an exercise um and the the scenario the instigating scenario was space weather and basically it dropped all of our all of our comms and some of our network and the scenario was widely panned nobody thought it was legit nobody thought it was a real uh, possibility and then within i think two or three months there was a significant space weather event um, enough that that uh, you know people were talking about it within the federal government, and um, I uh, had a moment where I was really really excited because <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be I wanted to be like told you so yeah um, in your face but, yeah <laughs> right um, yeah take that uh, but beyond that I mean it's one of those things you know we're an all hazards planning agency so. Um, this is obviously one scenario, but we're probably more concerned about the Russians or the Chinese bringing our, our networks down than space weather. Actually, if we did so this- who picked the space weather topic for your exercise, Joe, I did. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> as, I, as I raised my hand. Yeah. No, it was no literally. And my boss was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And I just went back to my office and shut my door and, you know, you know,
0: had some Tried mild.
3: Yeah, a minor <laughs> meltdown in my office, um, but proved him right two months later,
0: and I'm proved sure you, me right two months I'm later. I'm going to say I'm sure you told him right in his face, and had a very deep conversation about that.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> right, yeah. If we'll we could, if we could do a little space weather event here around the election, I think that will just calm everybody down a little bit and maybe make things a little less crazy. I could support that.
3: Yeah. No, no one, yeah yeah because there's no there's no concerns with like voting machines or anything no, like that, no, so let's add okay. space weather to the mix
0: number two pencil I got through high school with it i you know I should be able to get through life with just a number two pencil, which I still am not quite sure what the two stands for, but please if you know what the two stands for, send us an email uh, <laughs> at the dads at disasterdads.com <laughs> or t- uh, tweet us at disaster dads or if you know how to use Google and would like to share that. Send that information yeah. directly to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Comments are live on DisasterDads.com. You can comment on every episode.
5: Hey, hey, the I'm, engineer down here will keep quiet about you know, the softness of lead and things like that in your pencils. and
0: I'll please, you I don't want to hear about the softness of your lead in your pencil. That's for <laughs> a whole nother discussion.
5: <laughs> so um, getting back on point, getting to Joe's <laughs> boss's uh
0: Hang
1: on on pencils.com pencil. figuring this shit out. <laughs>
5: getting back to Joe's uh, meltdown, in which he was uh, later gratified for it, um, that's exactly how a lot of us felt. And I think Dan still feels about space weather. It sounds like this ridiculous subject. You know, it's like the, you know, the two sons in Star Wars or uh, something out of Star Trek that sounds nonsensical. But then I'm a convert. Once, once Eric sent out the links and I'm watching the, the first five-minute video, the science behind it was amazing. You now the engineer and me got all geeked out of the science behind it, and that's the cause of major blackouts. You know, there was a, a blackout a couple of years ago in New York. Everybody freaked out, and I joked around and said it was a squirrel, which it turned out it actually, I think, was that took down a grid from New York to <laughs> Toronto almost. Suicide space squirrels space? are suicide
2: a major problem.
0: They are. Yeah. We talked a lot about suicide squirrels at Georgetown. Um, but was it a space? <laughs> you're squirrel? welcome.
5: People want to know, Rob. <laughs> But now, was it a space crawl? <laughs> Excellent question. But it, well, it got I was having flashbacks to it. every training he ever did at the fire department. With the exactly. I'm getting his comments left and right. And I I'll ignore you. you know, I, I have a four year old. I can I, I ignore them too sometimes, um, <laughs> as you all can attest them. Yeah, I'm not the only one.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you, know, you get this almost comical sense of it now. It's like oh, the, the Twitter is not loading right. Could be space weather. Uh, oh, the, the power went out for five hours. Maybe that was space weather. Yeah. I mean, so, but I,
2: well, I'm a convert to it. Well, I mean, that's good because one of the things that um that's, that's happened within the last few years, um, actually, even within the last few days, um, President Obama has put out the a new directorate that says you will be prepared for space weather. This is something that's that was somewhat late breaking. We weren't. Ex- None of us in the industry were expecting it, you know, and it comes across on the email on a Friday afternoon. We're like, oh, boy, here we go. So um, Oak Ridge National Laboratory does a lot of a lot of work for us within the industry, within the power generation industry. So they decided to look into um, what would happen if Carrington event happened today. Um and I'll tell you, I'm happy I'm in the flyover country because <laughs> anybody that's in the Northeast is going to be hammered. Um, right now, they're showing with their calculations with with the data that they have, they're showing 350 transformers dead, either during the event or or close which is going to put you out of commission for probably five, you know, a minimum of five days in a lot of places as they try and recover. One of the things about the power industry is we don't we don't have a lot of spare, you know, you know, distribution or transmission level transformers. You know, we've got a lot of distribution transformers laying around the little small ones you see on the pole, But the major ones that you guys never see that are sitting in substations and sitting at generation facilities, we don't have a lot of those around. So they're ridiculously expensive, right? They're extraordinarily expensive. They have a long lead time and most of the manufacturing base that used to build those are now over, you know, in, in Asia. China. So but I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> so there's a lot of, you know, actually Mitsubishi Heavy Industries is the one that built our transformer whenever we replaced them a couple of years ago. You know, and it was a five-year lead time before they were able to actually get us into the production. So a five-year lead time on 350 transformers, you know, is going to be a huge issue. So, you know, Homeland Security said, yeah, sure, we'll go and buy a, buy a few. You know, But that's basically to get DC back online. You guys are welcome.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, I'm taking care it, of now. I'm good.
2: It, it, it's funny. There's a DC contingency built right into PJM, the, 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 the independent system operators' uh, procedures that's, that give them carte blanche permission, even without a space weather alert or warning, to take evasive action just to keep DC online. It's, it's the only place in the country that I know of that has that ability. And a little wind knocked me out for seven days.
0: So (laughs) that's (laughs) because we have special precautions in place. I'm going to be pretty much hosed. That's all I can say.
4: So, you know, you got satellites that go out, radio communications that can go out for just a little bit. But could you explain a little bit about what it does to um, power generation systems, the transformers, what it does to those, and how it affects a nuclear power plant as well?
2: Okay. Um, So, it. Okay, let's Frank's let's kind here. okay. Let's let's answer your last question first because I have a lot of information with that. Um, the type of generation facility doesn't matter. So a nuclear power plant, a wind farm, a coal generation, it honestly doesn't matter. It's it's the transformer that's taking the power from the production facility and putting it onto the grid that's going to be the major damage. Um, <clears throat> so. Transmission grid lines are normally, you know, they can be extremely short. We've got one that's three miles long, and I've also got one that leaves my facility that's 280 miles. That 280 mile one I have to worry about more because during a space weather event, the um, it can get more induced voltages, induced currents into it as it's, you know, as it's going you know going down the line uh space weather events create a um, magnetic field uh the magnetic fields chart you know you're sending you know the space wind is hitting against the earth's atmosphere it's creating um uh differences within the magnetic field in the in the atmosphere and those differences um can create an induced current into the wires as they're going as they're going down the road um <clears throat> what this does in places like the northeast where i live um where we have a lot of in, igneous rock and some school teacher will probably slap me i'm sure my seventh grade teacher would uh, igneous rock doesn't have a very good conductivity so the wires that we use actually are better conductors than the earth which is where the power is trying to go to so it says which one of these two ends of the of the transmission line are better for ground and it will go that direction um what this does is it raises the the induced currents that are on the line which have to be shunted to ground on either end what that does is the transformers are only built for a certain amount my transformers can handle about 80 amps to ground outside of what they're supposed to do. Some of the transformers that are built in the Northeast at particular one particular nuclear power plant that I know can handle up to 420 amps based on the way that they're designed. Um, That's designed to help keep the power plant online. And it also keeps the transformer from, from blowing up. And, And if you guys have ever fought a transformer fire, they're not exactly fun um, so as the as the additional currents come through they heat up the transformer the transformers are filled with oil the oil degrades as it's getting these additional currents going through there which can um, create these sudden pressure spikes as the oil basically um, degrades and destroys itself the gas the oil will release all of its gases and cause the transformer to just explode so then there's no more transformer
0: so that's why i should stop off gassing because i could just start exploding I, right,
2: you I have, have to continue off <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what that did tell me is space weather there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and it's something that if you don't think about in the beginning and as we kind of said jokingly it was you know space weather sometimes jokingly looked at and you know, but it's a real you, you really do have to take it into play because it could take this Carrington event. And we'll have links in the show notes so people can, you know, check that out. But if you had something to that level, our level of technology now is so much greater than just, you know, telegraph systems. And, and I think I read one article that said that the telegraph lines got so hot, like the operators could feel it through the little. Um, uh, the little <laughs> tappy <laughs> thing.
4: Yeah. Hot and, do 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 hot. and their paper on the receiving end was catching on fire.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just to that, that level. So iPhone 1859 is catching, you know, getting a little warm and catching paper on fire. Imagine, well... Sorry, Samsung. Sam- the Galaxy yeah, 7. Is hey,
1: just better. That Maybe that was space before? weather.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> was <laughs> space weather. That wasn't just poor design twice. Did we just
5: lose a sponsor? <laughs> <But> that- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, so, stamps.com—they'll be able to take care of us whenever that comes, sir Joe. Um, right? Stamps. We're still looking for that sweet, sweet, sweet stamps.com stamps. money. Stamps. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh,
0: uh, Samsung could uh, just to uh, blame this all on space weather, but I'm just—I'm just thinking, you know, what happens if we lose? People flip out when Facebook doesn't work right or when Google, but when you have all of them, that would be. Uh, fascinating and disturbing fascinating but very much you know the first couple opening episodes of The Walking Dead I'm gonna assume uh, Dan did you have a question
1: well yeah no I mean I think that that raises a good question Eric um, which is thank you you know there's nothing that anybody can do at the at the listener level in terms of how how their electrical get, grid is ready or not ready to deal with space weather so maybe we should talk briefly about how folks might want to just be prepared overall for electricity not being around for a
0: while. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that is something important. We've been talking about, and and we said it, I think a couple of episodes back, that preparedness is just the underlying focus of everything that you do. You know, you can't, you can't control everything. And it's not all going to go the way that you think it should. So as long as you have an idea and you're prepared, but yeah, you, you may not, if I, if I understand it correctly, it won't be like a storm comes through and you're like, it's not going to look like the opening sequences of a Star Wars uh, or Star Trek film where thunder takes over the sky and something comes in and all of a sudden you have no power. It's going to be probably a clear weather day or something and all of a sudden you, you don't have power and you don't know why. So, you know, the underlying aspect of just being prepared for things and knowing how you can operate without power in your household. I mean, uh, I don't personally have it. Um, but I know some of the dads do. I think Dan might have a backup generators that they can operate. Um, if you didn't catch on, six did you epi- know
1: that I was going to be the
0: one with the generator yeah, six episodes <laughs> in Dan's are almost prepper. Not quite there. He's, he still hasn't got all the paperwork filled with the prepper society of America prep prep ish prep ish. Yeah. Uh, preppy. Know, preppy. but I have a, I have a neighbor in my neighborhood that um, there was a derecho that came through and uh, we lost power for seven days. And he's like, eh, screw it. I'm not dealing with this again. And he forked out some heavy duty money to get a natural gas um, whole house home, whole home generator put on. Cause he didn't want to have to deal with losing power. Um, so, I mean, you can go multiple levels that way to deal with, with uh, the lack of power. Um, prepper Dan Do you have anything that you'd like to add to that Sorry Dan I didn't mean to out you if you were A closet oh. prepper
1: I I I just think I'm not At the ridiculous lack Of preparation that you <laughs> schmoes Are I think I just Take certain common sense Precautions and obviously now one Big takeaway from this episode is we all need to have more aluminum foil in the house for yes. space weather preparedness.
0: Well, and also uh, cause I'm going to do a lot more barbecuing cause I'm not going to have power to run things in the house. So the green probably. egg is going to be my, my go-to.
1: But it, yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's true. And I, I actually think that as we talk about this, we may, we should probably at some point think about doing an episode on, um, generators.
0: Sure. I, I'll let you, I'll put you in charge of that. Uh, preparation is key to all of this. And, uh, you know, I don't know who may know this between uh, – I'm looking at a Brady Bunch view of people here on the Skype for our listeners because, again, we're virtual today. But, you know, Joe talked about his his agency's training on this, but is this something that you think is happening at a national level? Are there training alerts? You know, Denny mentioned the the Solar Weather Watch Warning Center in Boulder, Colorado, you know, do they just do kind of like emergency activation systems? I mean, I've never heard of that. And to be honest, I I didn't hear much about space weather until someone came to talk to my Georgetown class about it. And I was hooked from then and I started reading more about it. So, I mean, yes, it's a one in a million thing, but it's something that should be taken seriously, not just by people who do the emergency planning. But at, to Dan's point, everyone just kind of needs to be prepared for it because it's it's a little to no warning type of thing. Although nineteen hours is a long time, but if it's it may not be long enough to get yourself together because some people with a wildfire have even maybe a little bit more time and they don't get that out there. So, um, you know, I think it's I think it's very interesting. Uh, and to Danny's point, and and you know, he talked about uh, Obama saying that the federal government and and associated stakeholder industries need to be prepared to deal with. You know space weather. Um, I think that should be the same for for all of us listeners and everyone at home. I mean, right? Thoughts, anybody?
2: Well, to um, to uh, I guess maybe I wasn't exactly clear earlier. Um, oh, the industry gets a two day alert. Okay, we're gonna try our best, but. The grid is going to collapse without you knowing it. Um, we may have a two or three minute warning. I feel of, I feel better I, now I, already. It's just it's going back on, boys. <laughs> Put it back on. Put it back
0: on. Dan. Every the people in the know are going to know for like two or three days. Everyone else, you're just you're just hosed. Just,
2: just well, be because we're going it. to try to take the evasive actions, right? So we'll we'll start our procedures up. We'll do our abnormal procedures to. To maintain the power on the grid but if if it's bad if it's one of the the carrington's or the like 1921 uh, there was another major event that happened um the guy from the guy from the space weather prediction center that eric was talking about earlier talked about a um something that happened in 2012 which was basically a carrington event that was behind us by about 12 hours It basically went went a couple of degrees in the opposite direction. But even with that, the power plant that was that's in New Hampshire, uh, the nuclear power plant actually had to derate about two thirds of its power away because of just the glancing blow. So it was a major it was a major hit. But for us, we're you know, we're going to try and keep the grid up. But. If it goes down because of transformer failures or anything else that we don't have a major control over, we're kind of stuck, you know. And you know, in a lot of cases, we'll be able to get back small parts of the grid, but um, if you, uh, you know, it won't be a widespread area, even though the event is. Happening across the country or even around the world, depending on how big, you know, depending on the size of the thing.
0: And that was that was something that the uh, the space weather man said when he came to talk to the class as well. I love the term Space Weatherman. <laughs> I see the smiling and giggling faces across the screens. That is mommy, an awesome... Mommy,
6: space Weatherman came and spoke with us
0: today.
1: I actually wrote, <laughs> I actually wrote Space Weatherman and Sharpie on it. I tried to draw a Star Trek insignia on it. I don't oh, know if you can... <laughs> Dan,
0: you have too much. But the Space Weatherman said that it could be a very focused uh, shot. So, you know, depending on what came out of the sun, how big of the, the, uh, coronal burst was. Fast. Yeah. You know, it could be very specific to where it's like, Oh, Kansas gone, you know, something like that. Or it could be a swath depending on how big it is. And, you know, it makes you think of all the weird ro- you know, not weird. I mean, the rotations of the sun and the earth. And so it just kind of will go across an area and take out a swath of, of, uh, a continent or, or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think of it as like um you know uh, what was it there was some movie where microwave waves came in it was a it was a bad movie and like it was bubbling in the ocean it's not that it's not gonna be something like that i can't honestly can't think of what it was i love bad movies though um but uh you know it's gonna be something where it could just be very focused or it could spread out everywhere so uh you know people you gotta worry about the space weather but it was but it was fascinating to. To know that it could go to that levels, um, and now I just thought of when Dan when I said space weather and everyone got, so I kept thinking of Spaceman Spiff from Calvin and Hobbes. No. Wasn't that who that was? He was Spaceman Spiff, and that just came to me. Um, Did he bring
1: his transmogrifier with him? Or, yes. Um, well, done. well done. Well done. I
0: miss Calvin. For those of our younger listeners, please just Google Calvin and Hobbes, and it used to be in a newspaper. Uh, Google what a newspaper is as well. Newspaper. Google <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh one of the comments that we got is we sound like a bunch of crumidy old men. It's like, well yeah.
2: <laughs> well we, <kinda laughs> we look yeah. like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Denny and Jason now can see what we look like. That's pretty much what we are. Just you know, <laughs> old grumpy dudes. <laughs> Aren't we all?
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well well Rob's the most grumpy, especially when it comes to his lawn. Well,
0: you know,
1: and the, you know things.
0: Things I I drink and I know things. That's what I do. <sighs> Um, I'm sitting here drinking an old fashioned. That just should tell you how
2: old fashioned I am. (laughs) Um, But so Wisconsin roots are showing.
0: (laughs) So one thing that we've uh, been talking about with with all these different episodes is the prep the prep part of it. You know, preparation part of it. Prep part preparation part. Sorry, I'm having trouble talking. My bourbon's a little strong tonight.
5: The the preparation part is we tell you to be prepared for X amount of days. The scary part with space weather is you're not going to know why your power went out, and you don't know how long it's going to be out. You may think it's a day and a half, or oh, you know, the power company is—I'm sure they're working on it. Or you, you know, it's when you try to call or maybe tweet your power company, get on their website—that's when you realize, oh, the phone's not working. There's no connection anywhere, and this is the scary part. I, I realize is like you start putting puzzle pieces together and realize that. Things that are out that normally aren't out with a power outage may alert you to something bigger. Uh, also, that it's a bright blue sky day and that a derecho didn't just come through or a hurricane isn't coming through. Something obvious didn't just happen. Yeah. Um,
0: so I mean, in our area, the nine one one center has been having trouble dealing with different. Uh, carriers you know for a while one carrier couldn't get 911 calls through because they had one of their towers was out or one of their switches was out so imagine all of those going out and then all the cell towers not working landlines wouldn't work because of uh the way that they're rigged up too for those that still have a landline i mean yeah
1: younger listeners can google that too
0: yeah there's just there aren't a lot of the backup plans, and I think in, in one of the notes that Denny sent, it was like, you know, this is one of those unpredictable or unplanned for events. These go beyond just like what's even like unplanned for. Like the the backups that are built into a lot of these systems this day are massive. But some of the, if this hits, like some of the ex- expectations are out there for one of these events, it could just be, uh, I used to watch the TV show Revolution, uh, sadly only lasted two seasons, but it was a society without power. That could be us. It could be crazy. Um, so that's just, you know, that's just what I would think there. But what I was going to within my conversation was is that we talk about, you know, the preparation part of it and what we should do and then how we should relate that to some of the younger folks and not just our younger listeners, but like. Like the baby ones. Um, and yes, I think Revolution was two seasons, Joe. You're giving me the one. Uh, I'm, I'm doubtful. Uh, it, that it, sounds dubious. I think one. Oh, no, it was good. <laughs> it, it left me with a cliffhanger. And so I think he's waiting to try to see the producers are waiting to see if they get it picked up somewhere until they can finish it. So, uh, <laughs> And so I'm just I want to find out what happens. But um one thing that we've been talking about is just how do we talk about this with our with our families, with our kids, like the kind of stuff that we can prep them for. This isn't like one of those that really has a, a automatic go-to for talking to the kids. But I do think Rob was looking into like different ways to, uh, you know, have conversations about this or prep it beyond maybe just the space weather aspects of it. Right, Rob? Yeah, it was
5: – Again, what I took out from it was, you know, the, the, a two-pronged thing. is You talk about preparation on one side, and then, again, it was the engineer in me that geeked out on it and looked at NASA and, and uh, the NOAA and um, the weather. <clears throat> uh, I looked at NASA, NOAA, and uh, National Weather Service and went to their kids' pages and went through um, and one really, the, the best one I found was from NASA, and it goes through the science of what is space weather. And the, the easiest one to explain and show, the most common one is, we talk about the Northern Lights, the, the Aurora, Borealis. Start with that one. And, um, you know, my four-year-old son is already all geared up for space. So nice. he's going to be an easy one to, to transition into this. You know, we'll, I'll get him hooked on space weather as quick as I was. Um, so, yeah, so, again, NASA has a great... Uh, site for it, um, and uh, NOAA National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I should know this.
4: Correct. Um,
5: but those, those, are, those are the good ones to start with that have some really good space weather references. Um, Eric, you also sent out the video. Uh, it's a five-minute video shows what the solar flares are, the this, the coronal mess ejections, um, and how they how they affect us. Uh, that was the video that got me hooked.
0: You uh, no.
1: and then there's also that Star Trek where they have to go back in time to save the whale, and uh, <laughs> hey,
0: that's get one of that on
1: board. Ones. Which one was that? Was that four?
0: That was four. Um, uh,
1: Joe, Joe knows. I yeah. can tell by the look on his face.
0: No, final, um, crap. Sorry, it wasn't guys. Final
1: Frontier, was it?
0: N- no. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah one the thing. The
4: voyage home.
0: The voyage Google home. The voyage
4: home. That's nice. voyage
0: home. Virtual five to Frank. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention it in the last podcast that Joe doesn't know any of the uh, James Bond movies, but I was kind of maybe he almost redeemed, redeemed himself with this one. So
1: wait, quick time out.
5: Is that true?
0: Yeah. No, I'm not good with James Bond. I've
3: seen <sighs> like the last couple, but couldn't even tell you what their na- the names of the movies were.
5: Which is okay because we can even out because I don't know any Star Trek movies, but I've got all the James Bond books. <laughs>
0: Oh, the books are What's great. What's a book? Yeah,
4: <laughs> Google it. Google it. Google it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but unit no, so cohesion. <laughs> those things. The um, so back on track because we get sidetracked very easily. The some of the stuff that we're going to put in our show notes that you know are and don't take this the wrong way, anybody. But you know they're targeted towards towards kids, but they're good for everyone to get that understanding because no one talks about space weather again. Mm-mm. And I love to say space. And weather. we're starting to understand why. Yeah, well, you, sh- you should know about it. And I was joking. I think it was with, with denny or jason when we were getting this set up i was like you know this may be a two-parter like we may have to do one and then see what kind of questions we get back from people and then do a, yeah, follow-up so let's see a
1: see kind of questions we get back from people
3: hey
0: <laughs> question number one plan. why
3: did you do an episode on space yeah.
0: yeah
3: because it's
0: awesome and if no, you don't I agree. like it it's totally get awesome. your own podcast that's what I, I showed up said. wearing a NASA hat. I think space weather's cool. <laughs> I
1: did get my own podcast, and I'm still stuck talking about <laughs> space weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of along for the ride. Sorry, as I guess there's everyone that's listening, but, um, but no, I mean it's. Yeah, it's not your typical thing that you have a conversation about when you you don't see FEMA putting out there, hey, uh, June is Space Weather Awareness Month. Be prepared for, you know, you've got Hurricane Awareness Month, all these other space weather is left out of the uh, out of the dust, uh, you know. So we need to try to bring it into the light and make sure that honest, responsible conversations are had about space weather. Um, so and
6: I, I think it's because people don't understand it. They don't space weather. What what heck's that? I think that's that's what it is, and you can't see it other than the aurora borealis. And by that time, it's already here, so it's going to do its damage.
0: Yeah, it's already here, and I mean, and and Denny knows that. I love him. You know the the stuff that he went into. It's it's pretty deep stuff, and it's pretty. It's dense. inside baseball it's, stuff. It's it's very. Yeah. But I mean, it's like you have to know that to figure things out. Like we all see those high power lines. You know what those are. You all know the transformers that you have in your block, that those are just part of a system, but it's, it's the Jenga board that if one piece goes out, you know, the impacts that it's going to have. And it's the invisible, uh, you know, it's the invisible kind of thing. I, I guess I'm trying to, I wanted to say the invisible thing you don't see, but that is redundant <laughs> and I have a lot of problems with redundancy. So, um, you know, well, and a
4: lot of people don't realize that power grids are all interconnected. So, if power grids go in New York, there's a cascading effect. Isn't the
1: term grid almost implying kind of never mind. Anyway,
0: keep going. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's but the cascading effect, it, it wipes out power grids. Like the whole northeast could lose power. Yeah. Um, because of one blown transformer somewhere.
0: Um, well, and then also, uh, for some reason, I'm going back to bad movies. What was the Die Hard where they uh, tried to hack the power grid and to try to take that down? I mean, you know, people, it's. it's that
1: was Die Hard New York, right?
0: Well, in the Baltimore. They like landed a helicopter in Baltimore.
1: Oh, right. That was one of the crappy new ones. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. like. No, four?
0: there's
5: only three Die Hards.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, and there's that's only right. been
1: four Rockies
0: but no so i mean if anything you get out of this uh you know we've come come coming very close to the end of our time here probably a little bit over and we appreciate everyone sticking with us on this Uh, if there's anything that you've gotten out of this just know that i am fascinated by space weather and i think that you should be too um it's probably not gonna have a i mean you should just at least be aware of it and and try to just i don't know Just once a month just think about space weather you know when you go outside be like hey i wonder what the weather's like on the sun today and then maybe look it up because there's a website that will tell you because also those are some pretty cool pictures um that they have they have that satellite place there and so they've got a 24 7 running commentary um of of the uh, sun so that i think is pretty cool but um Did anyone have any other final points other than Dan can't believe that we do space weather, uh, to talk about space weather before we kind of wrap it up here?
1: I, I'm a little upset that I was not able to work the Romulans into any of my comments, but
0: (laughs) that's it for me. Well, we'll work on that for future episodes. Um, we can have a discussion on the difference between Romulans and Vulcans and you can get into the whole history if you'd like.
6: Uh, Everybody can sign up for up for, uh, updates on, uh, national weather services space weather page they've got subscribe to them and they you can get all the updates you want
0: that is a very healthy tip thank you for coming in with that one jason we'll have a link to that also wow we're gonna have a lot of links this is a link heavy episode and uh it's because it's so good it's so fascinating and and we've been talking about this since episode one just jokingly that we're gonna have to talk about space weather so i am i am happy that everyone was able to uh, stick with us for this i'm very Thankful for all the dads for willing to Let me uh, have a space with it I don't actually know if you guys had to vote in that very Much uh, but no. the fact oh
1: that- i Voted against it i'm still voting i'm <laughs> voting Against it
3: right now
0: uh, You're on number uh, I, uh, It's over with
3: and Dan's Still voting now
0: yeah uh, he's He's very persistent uh, uh i Want to thank uh jason and Denny for joining us today for For being our um inaugural alum of mine from the, from the program onto the podcast. Also one of the first guests on the podcast that, um, the other dads had no idea. So this was a test to see if this thing actually works. I think it did. I think it was successful. So we'll do some more of these. Um, you know, so thank you for that. For those listening, uh, you can, you can, Uh, Check us out. I'm assuming most of you got us through iTunes. We're also on Google Play now for those still trying to figure out Stitcher. I think that one costs a little money, so I'm working on that one, trying to figure that part out, uh, getting it out there. So download us. Share us with your friends. uh, Comment on the episodes on DisasterDads.com or on iTunes or Google Play. Let us know what you think about this. Uh, Give us a follow at DisasterDads on Twitter. Uh, We do not have Facebook because – uh, having the four of us, five of us manage one Twitter account is scary enough. If you have us all manage a Facebook account, it's just going to be a disastrous. So uh, that's not going to happen. Sorry, folks. Uh, unless we really get that Stamps.com money and we really do go forward with uh, a little farther. That's when we'll get the, the Facebook account. Um but you know I do I do want to thank everyone for listening and appreciate taking the time um, you know we're gonna come back in a couple of weeks uh, we're gonna hopefully have the dads together because we haven't had an in-person one in a while so uh, you'll hear us making fun of each other in person than via Skype which is always fun um, because we can actually see Dan's facial reactions much closer it's hard on the camera with the beard to get to what he's really <laughs> thinking about so uh, in person is is much better for all of us so yeah um, uh, you know, and uh, we've started the tradition with our guests to uh, to send us out with the tagline. So, um, you know, Denny, Jason, which one of you would like to have the honors of uh, send us out? Because we didn't have a discussion on this ahead of time.
2: Let's have Jason do it. Jason,
0: you know, with that, I would like to apologize for Dave Shield. We did run out of time today. Um, hopefully we'll be able to bring you on next time to, for our second part of Space Weather. really appreciate that. Um, and with that, Jason, can you send us out?
6: All right, and again, we panic so you don't have to.
0: Thanks.